Good morning, good morning. This is the old Trailblazer broadcast, Pastor Albert Pendarvis. We've been bringing you a series of studies. We got started there on Satan, the God of this world. And we're taking up now, we're looking at in our last study, uh, when Satan rebelled against God's authority, he was cast out of the, out of the Lord's presence and came immediately under the judgment. This earth, uh, which was his throne, also came under that judgment. This will explain then that in Genesis 1-1, which reads, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Literally, this earth became without form and void. If you'll turn with me to Jeremiah 4-23, Isaiah 24-1, and Isaiah 45-18. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me give you those verses again. Some of our folks say, well, Pastor, you just go too fast. Jeremiah 4.23, Isaiah 24.1, and then Isaiah 45.18. You'll find there in those verses that the earth had undergone a great change. Oh, what an upheaval, my friend, yes, as a result of divine judgment. The face of the earth today everywhere bears the mark of that judgment. When judgment fell upon Satan, then judgment fell upon this earth. When God stripped him of his glory and left him a fallen, depraved, evil being, spoken of throughout the scriptures as an old liar in whom no truth abides, at the same time, he plunged this earth into total darkness and total ruin. The rest of the first chapter of Genesis is the story of the restoration of this earth. Would you read it closely? Go back and read Genesis, the first chapter there, between now and our next study. When the earth was restored by the power of God, then God created man and woman and placed them on this earth as husband and wife under the direct command to multiply and replenish this earth and have dominion over it. Now, that's right. The Lord gave Adam that command to multiply and replenish the earth, and he gave him command to have dominion over it. This earth was restored in all its beauty and glory. Man was placed in the Garden of Eden there, a perfect being, to have dominion over the garden. Satan, who took up his abode in the atmosphere or the stratosphere, according to Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, and he became the prince of the power of the air. Still in rebellion, being cast out never caused him to repent. No. Did you know judgment never causes you to repent? Did you know it's only the mercy of God that brings you to repentance? That's right. That's right. Still in rebellion against God, his one thought, his one purpose was to influence every creation of God that he could to worship him. His one thought today is, I will be like the Most High. I am God. Worship me. Now, that's the, that's the uh, uh, sum and substance of Satan's work, my friend. The sum and substance of his, his uh, mind, his thinking. The third chapter of Genesis opens with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, enjoying all the beauty of God's restored creation, and also the presence of Jehovah Jesus himself in all of their innocency. They walked amid the trees of the garden, partaking of the fruit of the tree of life eating of the tree of every tree, eating of the fruit of every tree except one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were commanded not to eat that tree. One day, now listen, one day. Don't you like the one days in, hell, in God's word? I do. But I also am fearful for many of you because of one day, one day there'll be no more mercy. Did you know that one day there'll be no more mercy? That's right. 
One day there'll be no more mercy. One day you'll come to the end of your road, my friend. Are you going to come there lost and, and without hope? But one day, one day, Satan, I don't know how long Adam and Eve had been there. That's not important. I don't know anything about their life, what they did day by day, except walk with the Lord. But one day, old Satan took on the form of a serpent, approached Eve with this question. Yea, hath God said, ye shall eat, not eat of the tree of the garden? What an insinuation. What a doubt. Here Satan was questioning the woman, uh, the veracity of God. He was questioning God to the woman. He was slandering God to the woman. That is still Satan's most subtle, dastardly method, method of leading men astray. To place in his mind and heart insinuations against the word of God. Listen, brother, the Bible is the word of God, whether you believe it or not, whether any man believes it. In the pulpit, the theological schools of our day, and everywhere you turn, you hear the hiss of Satan. Step yonder to that classroom where sits uh, many ministerial students. The preachers of tomorrow, the pastors who will ascend to our pulpit, they to either exalt the God of the Bible or to wreck the faith of the laity, and you will hear the hiss of the old serpent. In that classroom, when that theological professor will say, if this is true, if we have the correct record, if, 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 when you put an if in the mind of your students, that's right, when you put that if there, I know many years ago when my children were in school, one of the teachers in, in a conversation was talking about the, the, the Bible, and she said, well, you know, we just don't know how much of the Bible we can believe. Well, my friend, uh, that poor soul is going on to hell if she never repented. That's right. She's dead and gone now, and my heart goes out to her. But listen, she said, we just telling this bunch of students, putting an if there in her mind, we just don't know how much of the Bible we can believe, do we? No, we just don't know how much of it we can believe. But let me tell you something, my friend. You can believe every bit of it. You can believe it and go and be saved or disbelieve it and go to hell. But when you put an if in the mind of your students, your young students, or your congregation about the Word of God, what would happen if I came here on Sunday morning and stood behind my pulpit and I said, my friends, you know, I just don't know for sure if we can believe all of this stuff about Satan, and I don't know if we can believe uh, all of this and this and that and uh, so many chapters. No, what, what, I would be an infidel. I'd have to, I'd, I would need to be hung up by the heels, my friend. Then, in, then Satan will begin to wash all the sand out from under the feet of an individual and leave him stranded upon the shore of time without any revelation of God, without any knowledge of God. That's Satan's first step. We have that now in our, in our uh, Bibles. We have the Bible is watered down to where you just can't, uh, you can't hardly find a good Bible, an authorized version of the Bible. No, we have everything, every damnable thing. We have the NIV Bible, the Living Bible, the People's Bible, this Bible, that Bible, other Bible. But listen, they, they, they're just, you, you take them and check them out, my friend. We don't sell them here at the bookstore. But listen, Satan's first step. When he led once, he led Eve once to doubt the veracity of God's word. Then Satan came out in bold denial and said in Genesis 3, 4, Ye shall not surely die. Ye shall not surely die. And so it is today. Satan first gets the individual to doubt, 
to question God's Word. Now, if Satan can get you to doubt and question God's Word, I have no message for you. Nobody, no one has a message for you. No pastor, no preacher has a message for you because you don't believe it. I tell my folks here, I hold up God's Word that I have in my hand, and I say, this is God's Word. Believe it and be saved. Disbelieve it and go to hell. No sinner ever gets saved without believing God's Word. Now, that's right. Satan first gets the individual to doubt, to question God's word as to the truth and inspiration and veracity. And then he leads you so far, he'll come on with this bold thing saying that the word of God is not so, yet knowing in his heart that the Bible is the word of God. As James says, the, the devil believes and trembles. I tell my folks here, the, the devil believes and trembles. Some of you won't believe and you surely don't tremble. Listen, after Satan came out with a bold denial of the truth of God's word, uh, he said then, ah, oh, you don't have to know. You don't know that when you uh, eat, uh, uh, eat of this forbidden fruit, your eyes are going to be open. You shall be as God's. Why should you be held in bondage and slavery to worship Jehovah God? Revolt. Set yourself up as God. In this they did not know until it was too late that they would become slaves of Satan. That's what they became. That's what Adam and Eve became. That's why you and I are sinners. In this they did not know that it was too late that they would become his slave. Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, gave it to her husband with her, and he did eat. The glory of the Lord departed from them. They found themselves naked before a sovereign, eternal God with no covering for their sins. They found themselves hiding behind a fig tree there in the bushes, sewing aprons out of fig leaves to try to hide their nakedness from God, like so many of you are doing. You're attempting to cover up yourself. That's right. Oh, my friend, would you just listen this morning? Would you listen? Oh, I wish you would. I wish you'd just listen. Don't, don't throw this message over your shoulder. They ate of the forbidden fruit, and they found themselves naked. They ran in the bushes and tried to hide. Satan became their federal head and then became the god of this world, the god of this age. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, blinded by the god of this world. I often tell you folks on the Trailblazer broadcast, my folks here at Radio Mission, I often describe Satan as being uh, sitting on the front porch there of the old log home on a big high back rocker with you in his lap and have you cradled in his arm just like a baby nursing her mother's breast. It's warm and cuddly with a blanket thrown over and mother rocking and patting on the back and keeping that child content. And that's what Satan does. He has you blinded. He has the world blinded, and he's going about attempting and doing a good job at it to wreck and ruin everything that, uh, that's out there that the, that the Lord has. That's right. Every message just has to go through Satan's territory. That's right. But listen, God is greater than Satan. We're not, we're not defeated, my friend. I'm not bringing you gloom and doom. Oh, no. Satan is a defeated foe, but uh, he's, he's our old adversary. He is. I wish you'd stay with me during all these messages. We're going to have several, maybe a dozen or two dozen of these studies on Satan, the God of this world. He is the God of this world, whether you believe it, whether you acknowledge it or not. And uh, you have to do business with him, my friend, because he's going to keep everything, keep you from coming to know the Lord. He's going to insinuate that Christ doesn't love you. He's going to insinuate that he doesn't have the power to save you. He's going to insinuate that you're too wicked to be saved or that you don't need to be saved or that you have plenty of time 
time. Why worry about it, you young folks? You said, but listen, did you know there's more short graves in the graveyard than there are long ones, my young man, my young friend? I, I, I see the, the deaths every day in the paper here. Young people, uh, 15, 18, 19 years old, being cut down day by day. And, the, and these things is coming on us all these time. We don't have tomorrow. Today is a day of salvation. Would you stop and think about your soul's welfare with me this morning? Would you ask the, uh, the Lord to, to take these messages home to your heart and to, to give you strength to look away and look to the Lord and not be blinded by Satan? The old trailblazer is going to be true to your soul day in and day out. I wish you'd write me and let me hear from you and say, Pastor, I'm praying for you. Would you do that? I know that there, I know that Satan uh, has most of our pastors and preachers under his thumb. I know that. Did you know that? Would you ask your preacher to tell you how the Lord saved him next time you talk to him? Would you just ask him that? Tell him, say, Pastor, the old trailblazer asked me to ask you how the Lord saved you. Is Christ died for you, Pastor? Is, what, what is your salvation? Is it just making a decision for Jesus? Jesus, that's all of Satan, my friend. That's right. Did you know every tongue's going to uh, confess Jesus as Lord? Not Jesus. Every knee's going to bow, and every tongue will confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Not sweet Jesus. No, no. I was in a grocery store the other day, and a little clerk said, Well, have a, have a sweet Jesus day, mister. Isn't that so? Make you sick, doesn't it? Oh, my friend, the, the Satan is a prince in the power of this world. And I wish you would uh, turn to the Lord today. Ask the Lord to restrain him from you. Uh, this is the old Trailblazer broadcast coming to a close this morning. My heart is heavy for you. I wish you'd write me my mailing address. This is Radio Missions, Post Office Box, 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Bye and God bless you. Pastor Pendarvis invites you to listen to the Radio Missions Internet radio station that presents the old Trailblazer broadcast, Voice of Truth broadcast, weekly sermons, and music 24 hours a day. For information and a link to listen, visit our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org. And be sure to join us again each Monday through Friday on this station for the old Trailblazer broadcast with Pastor Albert Pendarvis. 